The Prospects for Success podcast would like to extend our heartfelt sympathies to the family and friends and teammates of Lucas Otto, who passed away as a result of a traffic accident. Early Thursday morning, June 30th, Lucas was a sophomore at Lakeland College in Mattoon, Illinois, and at a picture for the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. He will be greatly missed by all who knew him. I'm Gavin Murphy, manager of the Prospect League Champion City Kings, and you're listening to the Prospects for Success podcast. Hi, I'm Quentin. And I'm Michael. And this is Prospects for Success podcast, where we bring you our thoughts on Prospect League baseball. News, notes, opinions, and our favorite happenings. Thanks for joining us for episode seven. us today is Ryan Carney. Ryan is the broadcaster for the Prospect League O'Fallon Hoots in O'Fallon, Missouri. Ryan is an Illinois native and a graduate of the University of Iowa. Ryan, welcome to the Prospects for Success podcast. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks so much, much for having me, guys. guys. And, uh, I really look forward to chatting chat today, today a little, little bit about, about the Hoots and, and different, different things going on in the Prospect League and, uh, and uh, you know, different things that have uh, kind of gone in my career. Really, really appreciate you guys reaching out and excited, excited to, to chat with you guys. Awesome. We really appreciate it. Hey, Ryan, we want to give you a shout out, too. You're also the host of two podcasts. You've got Roadie on the Horn and Front Office You that are both running. Tell us a little bit about those podcasts that you uh, that you work with. Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. two uh, uh, kind of different type podcasts. You said I'm both involved in the sports industry. Um, I, started I started Brody on the Horn, horn first. first. Uh, I actually started that podcast with a friend of mine who I met just through playing Xbox, Xbox together. So, so kind of funny how things come together sometimes. But he and I, my friend Donnie, we started up a podcast pretty much just for us to kind of casually share some of our different sports takes, what's going on in the sports world. So NHL, NBA, NFL, NBA, the four major sports, we try to hit on those pretty much every podcast. Try to, try to bring, bring together, together a nice community, community of people, people that, that uh, you, know, you know learn, learn more about what we think's going on in sports. We get questions, questions from people as well. So that one's a little bit more casual, kind of just a, a fun, laid-back podcast with Rudy on the morning. And then for front office, you that's a little bit different structure podcast. I do that with four other of my friends who also work in the sports industry. Our focus there is to interview different people that work in sports, learn more about their career paths, their current jobs, and trying to help out some people that are aspiring to work in the sports industry. Learn a little, a little bit more about, about how they can get there. there. So, yeah, that yeah, one's a lot, a lot of fun. We started, we started that one up, up a, little a little less than a year, than a year ago at this point. point. And we've, we've had a bunch, a bunch of different interviews, interviews people with the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks, Hawks, Miami, Miami Dolphins, Dolphins. Uh, you, know, you know, really all over the, uh, the sports, sports industry. industry. I have a friend who's a Finnish hockey player who joined us for a show. That was a really good episode. Austin Bruins. Tons of different guests that we've had so far on front office you. But yeah, I love doing podcasts. And yeah, I appreciate you guys for reaching out and shouting us out here at the start. Um, all right, so tell us a little bit about what a game day looks like for you and your position with the O'Fallon Hoots, both a home game or away game. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. So, so it's definitely, it's definitely different, different for home, home and away. away. I, I guess I can start, start with the home, home games first. first. So, so yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it, would it would kind of depend, depend first, first on if we, on if we have, have a double header, header or, or just a regular, regular home game, a uh, uh, regular nine in game, game because we've, we've had a number of uh, double headers already this season. We have another coming up uh, next weekend, weekend. But, but those games will start about an hour, hour earlier if we have a double header at about five thirty. But if we have a regular nine in game, it'll start at about six thirty. So either way, whichever if it's a home double header or just a regular home game, I'll usually come into the 
feel, feel that, that about, about between, between one or two, or two p.m. PM. Uh, you, uh, you know, get, get some lunch, lunch beforehand, beforehand, make sure that, that I'm, you know, awake, awake and, and feeling good by the time I get in there. And then once, once I do get, get into the field at about one or two, two I'll usually start by just going over some, some of my preparation for, for you, know, you know, the upcoming opponent that day. day. So one of the one responsibilities that me and my other broadcaster Lucas have is putting together the game notes that we give out to fans. So when they come in, they want to learn a little bit more about our team, a little bit more about their team. We have some information that we hand out to them. So every day we got to make sure that's updated with the latest stats and latest information on, you know, when roster changes, changes or opponents. So a lot of making sure that we're all set, set in terms of handing out the roster information. And then the other side of my preparation really comes, comes in when I'm preparing for our opponent because, you know, I see the hoops every day. I have a pretty good knowledge in terms of what they're doing. But, you know, new opponents every day, they have changes to their roster. I'm always making sure I'm getting their updated information. You know, I go onto their college, school's website to see if they have any kind of fun facts or information that I can share on the broadcast. Yeah, so a lot of it is just kind of coming down to preparation because, because you know, when you, know, you do get on the air, air when you are live on the broadcast, broadcast, you really, you really can't, can't be scrambling and looking up information. It's, it's too late at that point. point. So your preparation is really important. So I like to give myself a couple of hours uh, at the start when I get in on a game day. day. And then, you know, game days can get crazy too. You know, you have different responsibilities. There's times where I've been the person that's, you know, carrying down the water into the visiting team's dugout. You know, you never know what may come up. But I usually like to talk with the marketing staff. Uh, before the game, game. Uh, uh, they're, they're, that group and I are, are pretty close. close. I was, I was a Murphy major in college myself, so love talking about, about you know what they're, they're doing on social media, or what they have planned for in the game. game. Sometimes, Sometimes they give me some fun things to share on the broadcast. You know, learn a little bit more about the organization, more so than just the team side. And then probably about like 30 minutes to an hour before the game starts, I'll go grab the lineup from you know our home coaching staff and also the visitors to kind of get a little bit more prepared in terms of okay, here's the specific pitching matchup here, the guys. In the, in the lineup, lineup today, today. What, are what are some things we can take, take there? there? And then, and then usually, usually if, if I have, I have some, time some time still in between, between there, I'll try to go down to the locker room and chat with some, with some players, players for the game. Uh, especially, especially if we have a new, you know, pitcher, pitcher for example, I want to know, know what, what types, types he throws or a new hitter, hitter where, where this guy come from, from where was he playing last year. So it's really helps to get a little face-to-face connection with some of the guys that you're going to be talking about on the air during the broadcast. So anytime I can make those connections, I try to make sure to do that. So game days can get pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, as, as I said, it, for me, it really, really just kind of comes down to my preparation when it comes to the broadcasting side. So definitely can be a long day, and uh, you know, that's what you're going to get in the sports industry, but I've loved, I've loved doing, doing it so far. Fantastic. We uh, love it. And since uh, since we were talking about this is your uh, this is your first year uh, as yeah, a yeah. broadcaster with the, with the Hoots, um, the Chillicothe Paints, uh, that's the closest team to where, to where we live, they're um, – they're kind of a, they're a charter member. I mean, there there was a Chillicothe Paints before there was a prospect league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chillicothe and some other teams when the the Frontier League was kind of dwindling away. Um, you know, the, those remaining Frontier Frontier League teams kind of joined up with uh, Central Illinois um, League teams, and and what what we now call the Prospect League was was born. And so that that league has really changed uh, over the years since we've been seeing it. But I'm, I'm real curious since, since this is kind of your first year in the, in the, uh, in the organization working with a team, what's, what's your take on just on the prospect league? It's a pretty unique league. So what, what was like you expected it to be and what's kind of surprised you about prospect league baseball? 
yeah, I think the prospect league as a whole, it really kind of struck me when I was start, initially started doing my research, you know, before the season even started, just how many variety of, of college, you know, players are within the league. You know, we have the main power five, division one players, you know, there's players from the University of Alabama in the league, there's players from Ole Miss, Tennessee, you know, power, dominant programs in the SEC, and then we can go all the way down to division three, you know, NCAA, we can look at NAIA players, we can look at junior college, college players, players. So, so it's really, really just a huge haul of, of players that are that looking to get you know, more exposure uh, in a wood bat league, um, you know, to, to, to get, get some more reps in for this summer. summer. So, so I thought that, that side of things was really interesting. And maybe, maybe one thing that kind of surprised me, uh, you know, as we've gone on a little bit longer in the season is that even some high school seniors have made an impact. Like even for a Menofound standpoint specifically, they have a player named Jake McCutcheon who he just finished up his senior year of high school. He's going to be attending Missouri State and you know, you know he's 18 years old he's one of our youngest players but he fits in really well he's fortunately named the collegiate baseball second team all-american list so he's a really highly regarded player and he's really fit in really well in our infield and what we're trying to do so i think that's one of the biggest things i think when i think like the word prospect you know what, what's kind of coming up so especially some of those younger players guys who just finished their senior high school they're still 18 years old they really when those players show out that really stands out I'm with you. It, it's amazing the number. I mean, it's not like it happens all the time, but every now and then you'll get a situation where there's there's where there's like a a D1 pitcher and a JUCO batter, and it's like there's a guy on second and two outs, and the game's kind of on the line, and it's it's never a foregone conclusion what's going to happen <laughs> at the end of that. It's the uh, the level of competition still somehow you lose track sometimes. I mean, yeah, there's, there's still some just really, really great players who perform in, in any one of those situations, but like you were saying, it's, it's not always, it's not always the D one guys from the big power conferences that are doing that. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, I, I, think I think like, like especially even like, like to take a look side uh, of that as well. Like, like we do have that situation. You know, one of our top players this year is, is Noah Fisher. Uh, you know, he was a you know, dominant hitter this year at the Division One level with Northern Kentucky University. He had really good stats coming in, got some power, and that's really translated. And you do see that side of things. You know, for like a 22 year old guy, one of the older guys on our team. But there also is times where we have guys that you know play junior college. One of those hitters named Noah Duras been a really, really you know, impact, impact player for us, both as a catcher, as an outfielder uh, this season, uh, who's really, really like to like run. And he's got a lot of speed and offers us a lot of value. So, so I think it really just shows that if you have a role, like it doesn't matter where you come from or what level of play that you're at, you can still pull that here in the prospect league. Everyone's just really doing this for their own development. So we make sure that we're cycling through guys to get everyone their opportunity to play. So yeah, I like that. Of it, of it as well. well there, 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 we do see a lot of those, those kind of interesting scenarios where, where yeah, yeah, maybe you have, have like an all, you know, power five battery that they're attacking these uh, you know, young hitters, hitters that, that, that haven't gotten, gotten a ton of experience, experience yet, yet. But, but uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still good competitiveness throughout the entire league. You're a hockey guy too. Compare the hockey experience to the baseball experience in your various roles. 
Yeah, I'm yeah, glad, glad you guys, you guys uh, brought that side of things up, up as well. Uh, hoping, hoping to get, get back, back into hockey, hockey after uh, this, season this season wraps up for baseball. But, but yeah, I've been I've working in uh, junior hockey, hockey for the better part of the last year before I got into hockey, or before I got into baseball, rather. And they are totally different, I would say, in terms of, like, culture, the pace. There's so many things that are different between hockey and baseball. I think, like, one thing that really struck me getting into baseball is just kind of how managers deal with arms. I think that is kind of a really someone who wants to do what you're doing prepare while they're in high school or college that's a really good question i mean i think think for me me, i I mentioned uh the starter starter, we talked talked about you know doing doing podcasts podcasts. i think that was something that gave me a lot of confidence in terms of being a verbal communicator knowing how to prepare for a show being able to recruit guests being able to you know come up with topics and ideas for what we could talk about to keep content fresh i think that really kind of translated nicely for me in doing broadcasting where you know i'm i'm on here for longer it's a longer broadcast than when i just do Podcast, but it got, it got me in the habit, habit of talking, talking for extended, extended periods period of time. Of time. And, uh, I, I think that was something that, that gave me a lot of confidence. confidence. And certainly, and I, I wasn't the best at it when I started when it comes to podcasts, but without a doubt, I think it helped me transition into podcasting. I think, like, a big thing, not even necessarily in just broadcasting, but you know, the sports world in general, I think, like, your network and the people that you know really kind of carries your potential in your career. So, if you're someone in high school or college, like, like I would definitely, I would definitely encourage, encourage you to be proactive, proactive about, about reaching out to other people, people that work, that work in, the in the sports industry. industry. And, you know, it, it, it can even just start with people, people that you know. Like, like it, maybe, maybe you know someone that's, that's like, oh, I, I know this person that works for this team. team or, or, you know, maybe, maybe it's, it's not even that strong of a connection. But, you know, I think for me, I've really found out that the more active I am at reaching out to other people and being genuine about building connections and learning more about career paths and sports, that's really helped me out in terms of, you know, genuinely learning about what goes on. On sports, sports and, and finding, finding out where, where my role is, is and where I fit in, in but um, in terms of getting opportunities as well. So, so I think networking is a, is a huge piece that, that no, I didn't even really start getting into too much until I was in college. So if you're someone that you're in high school or just kind of starting off in college, if you're proactive about reaching out to others that work in sports and you want to get involved in it and serious about it, then starting early is definitely the best way to go about it. I mean, yeah, I think you guys are doing a great thing with the podcast. Yeah, you mentioned uh, getting started in in the broadcasting side of things now with uh, with your sports experience. I gotta I gotta throw this one in. I have um, 
who did you who did you really kind of gravitate to? Who did you like? Who did you pay attention to as an announcer, as a, uh, either baseball or just sports as you were growing up? I got to tell you, from 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 the Cincinnati area here, me being the age that I am, I grew up on Marty Brenneman and Joe Knoxall. Uh, that was, I mean, they were the radio guys for the Reds for so many years, and you know, Marty was was just always there. Um, TV, I was, uh, you know, Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon baseball games. It was Vince Scully and Joe Gargiola that we always heard on the on the national games on uh, on the, the on the networks. Uh, I, as I grew up a little bit, I started, I got to hear, I got to hear Gary Thorne do mm-hmm. hockey games and baseball games, some. And so I, that was, I think that was the first guy that I ever heard that was like, oh my gosh, somebody's doing two different sports. This is incredible uh, that somebody would. And so I, I love Gary Thorne. Um, who, who's, who is that? Who are those people for you that, uh, that you kind of grew up on? Sure. Yeah, there's there's definitely a couple. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Vince Scully. I think he's an absolute legend. Fortunately, I was able to listen in for just a little bit towards the end of his career. But I mean, anytime you can listen to even just one game against Scully, that's going to leave an impact on you. So he's definitely a legend. But in terms of me kind of growing up, I think one of my favorite commentators was Gus Johnson. He he calls a lot of football games, either pro or college. So he always has just so much passion and enthusiasm for the game. Like I always think about him calling games like Ohio State Buckeyes games. He's fired up, watching, watching the Buckeyes guys tear up, up some, some, you know, scrub opponent in, in the non-conference early on in the year. year. So, I always like listening to Gus Johnson, but I guess from a baseball standpoint, I, I grew up a Chicago Cubs fan, so fortunately I was able to listen to Len Casper for many years before he left for the White Sox radio gig. He's always been one of my favorites. He's honestly someone that I try to kind of emulate a little bit of what he does and what I can do as a broadcaster. He was working a lot of times with Jim Deshays, especially during that 2016 Cubs run. I tried to watch just about every game I played that season because it was such a special one for the Cubs. Len Casper, without a doubt, has left a big impact on me. I try to take a lot of the things that he does in his broadcast and what I can do for the Hoots. You're a Chicago native. What are the best places to go eat in Chicago? Yeah, that's yeah, a, that's, that's an, an amazing, amazing question because there's, there's just so many places in Chicago, in Chicago that are just outstanding. outstanding. Uh, my family and I will always like try to find any excuse you can just to drive into the city, city just to go, to go get a meal, meal on like a weekend, weekend night or whatnot. Or whatnot. But, but, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good pizza. pizza. I have to say I have to defend deep dish pizza for a little bit. My favorite deep dish pizza is definitely Luminati's. Luminati's is definitely that's the best deep dish pizza out there. I always go to pepperoni deep dish pizza. It's, it's spot, spot on, on every time. time. Uh, there's, uh, there's also like pizzeria unos and uh, pizzeria duets uh, as well. But, but for me, I, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely taking uh, Luminati for my deep dish pizza. And then I guess for like a more high quality, like fancy meal, meal kind of like one of the most, most highly regarded places in Chicago is called Chicago Cut. It's a restaurant right along the Chicago River, right downtown Chicago. Incredible seafood, incredible steak. They just have everything they have there is just amazing. It's a little bit more of an expensive meal, but if you're out with your family and they're willing, and they're willing to, uh, to uh, provide Chicago Cuts, that's definitely a great, great spot, spot for you. For you. So, so that's what I have to say about uh, Chicago food. Go, go get some little naughties during the day and then, uh, work your way over to Chicago Cuts for, for, for a nice meal after, 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 at the end of the night. night. Now, Quentin and I, uh, last time we were in Chicago was like four years ago now, 2018. And uh, Cubs were not in town at the time, but we got we got a chance to do the the Wrigley Field tour. By the way, if I mean, they're still doing those, I assume. Um, uh, it is the... 
it is one of the best values and one of the best experiences in sports. That's not an actual game. Um, you know, I just, I, I, it was incredible. Our, um, our tour guide was a, uh, a lawyer and he's an, he's an actual working attorney in Chicago. And he just kind of did this. He just kind of does it for fun <laughs> on his, on his off days. And, you know, it's, you get a, you get a good tour guide. Who's going to be an entertainer and a storyteller to go along with just the whole experience in there. And it's, it's just an, an incredible thing. Um, I, I, I gotta, you know, I'm right along with you about, you know, cause while I was there, I remember one evening I, you know, we, we had, we had like a, we had a dinner at Ditka's, which was a fantastic experience, beautiful restaurant, fantastic food, but there's something about just, there's something about buying a hot dog out of a cart on the street corner <laughs> <laughs> that just screams Chicago. <laughs> It's very it's Chicago. Chicago. I like, like on the hot, hot dog, dog note that, that I'm glad you brought that up because like the best, like if you ask any person from Chicago, they're going to tell you that Portillo's is like the greatest restaurant in the history of the world. They have hot dogs, Italian beef, burgers, cheese fries, chocolate cake. Like it's unbelievable what they have. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, like hot dog stands, Chicago hot dogs, that's always such a classic thing to get. I went with the deep dish pizza, but yeah, Portillo's, like that was always my first meal anytime I came back home, I guess, when I was all right thank you so much we've been sitting with ryan carney from the uh o'fallon hoots broadcaster and uh thank you so much ryan for sitting in and joining us for a little while today we really appreciate your time yeah, you yeah, bet. Happy yeah, to do it, guys. Glad, glad you guys have a lot of passion for the prospects. Prospect I know I've enjoyed, enjoyed it in uh, just, about just about a month, a month so far in the, our first season. season. So, yeah, it's, it's been, been a lot of fun, fun and uh, great, great chatting with you guys. guys. It's, it's been, been a, it's been a blast. blast. We are almost to the halfway point of the Prospect League 2022 season. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 7. We will be back soon with more interviews and our recap of the first half to see who's in the playoffs and who to watch for the second half. We also have a very special road trip planned. We will see you at the ballpark.